right, here we go. Jim Lindbergh. I want to go live with you. Don't tease me too long here, buddy. Simich Vibes, how are you? Connecting, Jim. I got you. You did it. Congratulations. What's up, pal? Jim, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm stoked this worked out. I wasn't sure I had the technology, but here I am. Did your daughters help you figure it out? No, they didn't help me at all. I'm kind of pissed off. I was like <laughs> saying, I can't see Alex. I can't hear him. What's going on? And they're like, you're on your own. So thanks a lot, kids. No respect, huh? Dad, no they're respect. like, we're quarantined. I got to watch what, what are they watching? <laughs> well, oh man, uh, I've been watching a lot of Tiger King. Everybody has. Yeah, it's uh, now I'm like keeping up to date on what's I guess he's in isolation now. Now I'm like keeping up with him after this show. So I, I'm I'm all in on Tiger King. <laughs> I love it. Well, Jim, thanks for joining us live. You are my hero. You're the surf world's hero. I'm calling this talk wave. It should really be a mixture of people that are my heroes. It doesn't have to be surf related, but what's so cool about you, and we're gonna dive into it, but you had had so much influence on me as a kid growing up in all of Taylor Steele's videos, but I didn't even know you surfed. And then after meeting you, I was like, oh my God, Jim Lindbergh's a surf freak. Like you'd got bonus points on top of kudos. <laughs> Well, I've always said that uh, Slater's crown is safe whenever I'm in the water. Like he doesn't have to worry about his uh, his trophies. But um, I've always enjoyed it. <laughs> I, you know, uh, grew up uh, here in uh, Hermosa Beach in the South Bay, like you, and uh, uh, surfed almost every day as a kid before school, after school, um, and uh, it's just a part of your life, you know and uh that and skateboarding you know i have scars up and down my knees from skateboarding uh i, I lived on a big hill in hermosa beach so i would have to skate down bomb this super steep hill with my surfboard and then climb another really steep hill to get to the surf and then i'd have to bomb it home so like it was a hectic way to to learn to surf you know i what were just, you you were, was that holding the board? Because I did the same thing and it yeah. worked twice. And then on the third one, I fell, landed on my board, broke all my fins out and never did it again. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has that story. I had one. Uh, yeah. And then like, sometimes you just wouldn't think about it and catch some wind and work, act like a sail and like throw you off. And um, another time uh, it was 24th street in Hermosa. If, if, if people around here know it's the steepest hill around. I mean, it's just, like this and uh one time we were coming back from surfing and this kid was crying that someone had stolen his skateboard and that he went that away and we all saw that he was pointing down, down that huge hill and we looked down at the bottom and sure enough the guy was just laid out yard sale had raspberries on his entire body and we just ran down and got the kid's skateboard back and go here you go it's like you don't you don't bomb that hill without some practice but yeah totally uh Grew up in a surf community and did it my whole life. Uh, I know uh, uh, all my friends out there will, will say I suck, but I still try. You know, I'm still out there all the time. I, I really love doing it. Uh, some days are better than others, but uh, 
yeah, just part of growing up. And, and uh, you know, when, it, when you combine it with the music, uh, I'll be the first to say if it wasn't for Taylor's videos, we would not be talking today, bottom line. Yes, I love this. So when I go back into the vault of surf movies and we look at Taylor Steele, there was the video momentum. Mm-hmm. And I think the first section, and they made it a secret spot, but I believe it's no reason why is yeah. is the opening and it's Benji looking at this perfect right point break. And was that the first time the surf world heard Pennywise? Probably the whole surf scene got introduced us through that. Um, and it's, it's kind of a long story, but uh, uh, basically I was in the band. We, we played a few parties, got big, pretty big around here locally, pretty fast. And, uh, but this was like 91, that, that time uh, of life was pretty violent. The punk scene was really violent. Uh, a lot of uh, punk gang fights, a lot of stabbings at our shows. And it just, being a surfer and peace lover from the South Bay, and uh, it just wasn't my scene. And so I, I, even though we had a record deal with Epitaph, I kind of stepped away for a while. But then when, uh, when the surf world got more and more into us, it, the, the whole audience changed. And uh, um, it wasn't until Taylor's videos came out and that video where we saw a total different change in our audience. And this was around the world. Like we went to places like, like Australia and, and other places, Florida. And basically we could, we could set our tours where anywhere there was surfing we would have an audience and and that wasn't a coincidence you know it was mainly because it start in some of the magazines and the videos they were starting to feature our band so we owe it all to the surf world that's amazing i would love to hear taylor's response I w- i'm guessing that it's both sides of the coin i mean god you guys made those videos too i believe that no no matter how good the section is it's only as good as the song behind it and yeah. In my opinion, the guys were lucky who got the Pennywise songs because they're everybody's favorite sections. And I and I wonder if Taylor was playing favorites, but I know Kelly was always getting them. And I'm like, oh God, this is insane. It was, but it was such a cool era because, and hopefully you can let us really know the truth behind it. But it seemed like you be, you guys as a band became friends with the surfers. I know that you toured in speaking to my. My silent assassin in all of this is Greg Browning. He gives me all the real yeah. facts, just so you yeah. guys know out there. I had two cups of coffee with him virtually this morning. And he was telling me about the time at the Belly Up Tavern where he let a fire extinguisher off during one of your guys' shows. I think it was during a surf premiere. And it stopped the whole thing. Yeah. And, that- and he's, like, he's like, then they played at La Paloma. They were in Australia. And you guys toured with the surf movies. Yeah. Yeah. We did the Good Times Tour. That was one with uh, Blink, Unwritten Law, uh, Sprung Monkey, Pivot, a bunch of bands. And uh, I remember a few times we we did uh, Hawaii and did karaoke with Machado and uh, and Pat O'Connell. And um, Rob got up and played with us on stage. And uh, the guys from Sublime were there. And then a fight broke out and all the Hawaiian security guards were like, 
going crazy because all these punk rockers were like brawling and this guy's like if i take off my slippers it's trouble <laughs> it was just such a it was a chaos scene it was all these all these pro surfers around us and the shows were just off the hook to use an old 90s term it was just a really crazy time and everyone was just having a, a ton of fun and it was crazy because uh, and also donovan frankenrider we, we did a whole tour in uh australia when he was playing with Sunchild, and uh we there is in australia they didn't have like the regular tour buses so the the warp tour down there got like an old school bus for all the bands but we were smart enough we'd been there enough to know like that was gonna suck so we rented a, a rv one of those like really cheesy commercial rvs with all the with like the ad of the family on the side you know it says like it's like their version of camp america but it has just 1-800 numbers on the side so we're cruising around australia in that thing and then donovan is like dude i want to go with you guys so he just got in our rv and we surfed every day and well and then we'd just be looking at the at the work tour bus going by with all the bands cramped in there and they couldn't surf so uh definitely some fun stories of that time and uh uh it was just cool to have that scene going on and i think i always relate it to like each era of surfing and surf movies especially go back to bruce brown in the 60s and 50s and all that great surf music and then the 70s you had you know uh what were some of those five summer stories plus four and liquid something that had like Cecilio and Capono and all this like you know slow motion tube rides for like 40 seconds and and then uh the 80s it obviously got all new wave and Danny Kwok and you know and crazy kind of stuff and then Taylor's was obviously everyone knows it just became it didn't matter like the waves were perfect it could have been a two-foot slot day it was it was that now the surfing was going to the air the music was just really radical and crazy and it just lines up with each era that it's kind of like reflects what the surfing was like during that time as well so they 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 have a way to find each other you know and uh, taylor just uh you know did a great job of that but also you mentioned greg browning i'm pretty sure greg is the one that gave our cassette tape to uh taylor so we owe him a debt of gratitude as well that's so cool was everybody else in the band open to surf scene as you were because i you know i know i think byron skateboards but it seems like you're the yeah. surfer out of the band um like you said yeah. the relationship merged perfectly timing is something that we you can't pay for right and you guys right. did that collectively yeah you know uh, everyone in the band surfs you know we're all like once again all all of us grew up at the beach uh fletcher for being uh, a mountain of a man is surprisingly agile i've seen him get some good waves before so uh, and he's a good skater too and and randy we back in those times we definitely took advantage we surfed we surfed kira and burley i i just surfed uh when i was just down there some of the guys from stacy surfboards took me out to their spot that's right by mick fanning's house yep and uh um and then uh i i paddled out at surfers uh just because that's where we were staying but um always whenever we can work it in you know it's so huge for me to get out of the backstage element and get out in the water and collect my 
head, you know, I mean, the last, in the middle of the last tour, uh, it was a stressful one because we're doing a, a whole album, uh, top to bottom, the straight ahead album. So we were having some technical difficulties and stuff and I was pissed off at this one show. And the next day I surfed for two days straight and it's like all my cares were gone, man. Like I got in the water, I feel better now. I can, I can finish this thing, but uh, it's therapeutic and I'm sure you know that better than anybody. Sure, you know, one of the comments that came in was uh, a guy was asking specific to the Warp Tour, but we'll just keep it general. And it's on the subject that you just said, you know, how do you keep the adrenaline and the energy of the shows that you put on because the energy is bar none to anybody, anyone that's been to a Pennywise show, you guys give it your all. And for you to be on tour and go time and time again, and then be doing these records, I think all of us are wondering, you know, what do you do to supplement that? And to hear that it's surfing for you, which it is for me, like I have to do it or I go insane. It's really cool to hear that you have things in your life balancing you out because in your profession, you are a master of your craft and you, there's that burnout. And that's the yeah. scariest thing for any, any musician, athlete, whatever, that's always in your back of your mind of like, oh, I want to love this for the rest of my life. How do you continue doing that? Yeah, it's almost like a war, you know, like every night, like all there's times, especially back in the day when you're playing a lot of shows, you're like, I can't do this. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But it's like, once you get out there and the crowd's ready to go, it's like you feed off that adrenaline. And, and uh, you know, we've been doing it so long. It's, I, I never want to be in a place where I'm not present when I'm there. I, I, I don't want to be sitting there singing and thinking about, you know, what I'm going to eat for dinner or something like that. I always want to be like in the moment with everyone else. And I, I try really hard to put that out there, even though we joke around and stuff, you know, it's, it's, it is really meaningful to me. And, uh, but you know, it, I was just watching, uh, every once in a while, I'll watch a YouTube video. They, they put our whole full setup. And the other day I was watching, I'm like, man, I can't believe we still play like that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. ridiculous. Like, it's like a barrage of, sound and screaming and my the the veins on my neck just like nearly bulge out of my neck like every time i'm playing but it's like if you're it's if you're not going to give a hundred percent you know why why bother you know but it is it's still a it's still a challenge to get out there I'm just, same it is for you i mean how do you how do you get up the the sack to fucking paddle out when it's sorry are you allowed to cuss on <laughs> uh, how do you sack i think, up I think sack is still huge, pg you know? How do you stack up when the waves are absolutely huge? I mean, do you ever get like, what the hell am I doing out here? Oh, my mine ranges from, yes, I will go on anything that comes in today. And then I've also had multiple times where I don't want anything to do with it. I literally jumped off the boat or paddled out into the lineup just to give myself some peace of mind so that I could sleep in a week. Because when I don't catch a wave or whatever, I literally can't sleep. Um, my inner competitiveness is real. And I, what I am trying to work away from is having my results be my happiness. And, you know, it's all based off of ego. And I would, you know, imagine in, in your world, it's, you know, the amount of plays your song gets, the amount of people that show up to a show, but yeah. you're, you want to give it your all. And, and like, like you just said, when I don't give it my all is when I feel like I failed in life. Right. Right. 
you know, that's the stuff that gets you. You want to just go out every time and just like, hey, man, I'm just going to give it 100%. But then, like, it just happened a while back in, in September. We did some shows, and we just got this one show, and the club had done something kind of lame. They had, they had done, like, a front VIP section in front of the crowd and charged them extra to get that without telling us. And it just stuck in my head how lame that was. And so, like, after every song, I would kind of give shit to the venue because I would just be like this is not sitting right with me. And that's what's lame when you get out of your head. And, you know, uh, that's something that, you know, going back to the momentum, uh, the, the momentum generation uh, film, which I thought was amazing. I thought they did a really good job on it, even though my part's about that big. <laughs> but, um, uh, uh, you know, it's like that, you know, we all saw the stuff that went down with Rob and Kelly and, and everyone in there. I never knew that level of, of get, taking someone's head out of the game happens so much in the water and and that type of thing. But I, I do know it from surfing out here. It's one thing when the waves are small, but when when it's big and it's kind of pumping, people get really intense, you know, and the fights can go down and people are, you know, it, it is a mental game as well. So it's the same thing with music, you know, there's there's times where you can, you know, uh, have hassles with people in the band if something's not going right, or, or you know, someone in the crowd does something stupid. But I'm, I from that video, I couldn't believe like what a mental game it was in and out of the water for those guys because they're all competitors like yourself, you know. So I thought that was a fantastic doc. What do you think? Did you like that that film? I loved it. You know, I've been so lucky to ha now have some of my heroes like you as my friends. So it was fun for me to see some of them shed their armor. Our surf industry has really built a bubble around honesty. Some of the brands forever, and I think actually Andy Irons' documentary finally crumbled this, they wouldn't allow the athletes to be human. They wanted you to be the superstar, the superhuman, that everybody, you know, all the enamor came from your ability, but there was no flaws. And yeah. the pressure that it put on people was unfair. And now in my day-to-day, -day, I don't care the ability of somebody. I like to know how who, who they are as a person. And then my stock for them just skyrockets when they're just good, awesome people willing to talk about the downfalls and not just live at a superficial level of, yeah, meet me on the podium or I'm this guy. It's like when you're just this person, I don't know. There's no depth to people for me. I don't find it attractive at all. And really it, for you and my quote to everybody, whenever anybody brings your name up, I say, oh, he's the most humble, famous person I know. And that's you. My family wouldn't say that. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a big stuck. I just, I just save it for my family. But, uh, no, see, no, but that's what family's good for. You know, yeah, if yeah. your daughters aren't, aren't putting you down a peg, they're not doing oh. their job. <laughs> oh, God. I'm the biggest loser. I'm like, I'm like trying to be funny and they're like, you're so not funny and just I constantly and and my 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 uh my wider family too everyone keeps me in my place everyone keeps you humble so that's uh it's it's good to it's good to have that but um you know there's the, the funny you should say that because obviously the warp tour over the years we toured with so many bands all at once and there was definitely a thing that went on where you could have a band that like you never met them but you love the band like god those guys are killer I love that band and then you you meet someone in the band and they're really lame and you're like damn it like now i don't like that band anymore even though i did love them 
and vice versa, um, there can be a band like, wow, I'm really not stoked on that band's music or I'm not, not into their scene. And then you meet someone in the band and they're really, really cool and, and down to earth people. And then you're like, well, I'm going to give them another shot. And then now I'm a huge fan of that band. Like, uh, you know, what, whatever the genre of music, it doesn't matter, but it's like, you know, just meeting some of these guys and or people in the band, I'm like, man, those guys are actually cool. And I, and so your perceptions of what, what's out there is, it can be so different when you actually meet the people. And it was that way in surfing for me as well. A, another person uh, 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 from uh, Lincoln Park, you know, I, I met him and uh, he was the nicest guy, such a tragedy what happened to him. But Chester was just like such a down to earth, rad guy to talk to. And, and uh, over the years, it's, it was uh, amazing to meet people like that and just be like, man, you have, you've changed my opinion of you just by hanging out with you for five minutes. Yeah. And that's what's become more long lasting to me. And to give everybody an insight as to why I say such a statement and Jim, I hate to embarrass you here. Uh, but I lost my brother, gosh, I think it's 15 years ago now, and we hold a, a Christmas party for him every year. And a mutual friend, Brent Broza, came over and he's like, I'm bringing Jim. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. My family's super musically inclined. My brother had a scholarship to a college right before he passed away. Guitar became his thing even more so than surfing. So there's a stage. There's guitars set up. We're hanging out. And probably an hour after Jim showed up, all of a sudden, he's up on the stage with an acoustic guitar. <laughs> and it's about 60 of us, my family, my friends, my brother's friends, and Jim goes in to bro him. <laughs> yeah. And did you had all of us, number one, silenced, most of us jaws dropped, guys are, are elbowing going, dude, that's Jim Lindbergh. And they're like, from Pennywise? Like, yeah. People are like, what? And the coolest part is, you know, you swap the name of Jason for Chris. And I mean, I get goosebumps sitting here. My mom, my dad, you will forever be etched in our family as a gift. And right. here's a guy that you didn't have to do that that day. Of course, everybody would dream of such a thing, but you did. And I, not only me, but for everybody there that day, I was like, wow, man, we can really be bigger, better people. And I hope you understand the long lasting impression you have for doing things like that. Yeah. You know, that's always cool. You know, it was, it's always fun to do things like that. Our band, because of what we went through with Jason, uh, I find myself in that position uh, more often than I'd like, but when I can help someone going through something like that, cause I've been through it myself and I know how it just, rocks your world and um i opened my uh when i spoke at jason's funeral i i opened what i said with with and now our lives are irrevocably changed forever and i just knew like from that day like everything was going to be different and that was just obviously we're all terribly sad and it was but it's tough for the human spirit to take that you know and understand that and, and that's what the grieving process is of you know, going through that and, and the different stages of it. But uh, uh, I lost my dad a couple of years ago and it's a, uh, and watching my mom go through it, you know, it's people, 
you know, it, it's a difficult time because there's, you know, there's like stages of, of you accepting it. And, and, you know, you've done talks about your brother and that whole experience. And it's, it's only talking to people like yourself or, or someone who's been through it uh, uh, where you can say, hey, this is going to happen. And this day you're going to be really angry. And this day you're just going to be really bombed. And this day you're going to be questioning everything. And then you're going to be looking at yourself going, like, am I going crazy? Like, what's going on? And, and that's all part of it. And if you can share that with people, it's almost one of the most important things because everyone's going to go through it. And, and they're going to have uh, a time in their life where they're going to be, they're going to get hit head on by something like that. And they're going to have to uh, uh, process it. And they're going to be looking to other people to talk to. And that's why, you know, it's been great that you've been able to do your talks and I'd like to do something similar one day, but uh, it's a noble enterprise to do it. But you guys have been doing it and, you know, music is such a memoir for, you know, moments of our past, people that we've lost, times that we've had. You as a band, collectively for all of your fans, it's like a chronological time of people's lives. You know, I put on a certain song and I think of my brother and I going to surf when I was mm -hmm. 10 years old. People put on a song, they remember that warp tour in Australia that's gotta be really fun for you to know that the long lasting inspiration and even while you're playing, what you're putting out there and who you're affecting, I mean, it is healing what, what you guys do and inspirational. Yeah, you know, it is the, uh, it's that community, you know, and that's been going on for centuries, you know, and it, it's a celebration and, you know, we just have a pretty 90s radical crazy way of doing our version of the African tribal dance but uh and ours involves <laughs> a lot more Budweiser and uh chain tricks and weirdness but um uh, it's the same thing man it's just trying to live your life to the fullest and you know and uh we wrote uh, the Brohim song years ago and uh for some friends of ours that that passed away uh a few of them on motorcycles and and uh, uh it was really was kind of just like a memorial song and that and that now is taking a life on its own you know it's it's gone around the world and people sing that everywhere it's and uh uh it, it's it's cool to be a part of that you know i think that for a lot of people out there you can tell there's uh, there, it, there's hardly a show that i don't go by that i can look out in the crowd and even out of two thousand faces i can pick out that one person that might have lost someone real realistically and they're singing it with tears in their eyes and they mean it you know it's not just that that whoa 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 bro song to them you know it's 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 more meaningful than that so it's been cool you know it's it's been a a, a long crazy ride but hopefully you know we've helped some people out there and you know i it's it, this is just what i do now you know i'm i'm in my little room here where i write songs and i've got you know uh microphones and amps and guitars all over the place this is, and you know i'll probably write a song tomorrow i've worked on songs all day and uh it's just kind of what you do playing shows playing music i mean i wasn't going to make the pro tour like you so i, I, I figured <laughs> i better join a band jim you've been doing this i'm not going to say so long because you're not that old dude i know i but, know right but you have had an incredibly long career at what you love the most. I know you were going to college and there was the route, right? Of yeah. 
not not doing music. Yeah. Um, but man, you are so educated and well spoken and such an amazing ambassador. When I first met you, I thought it was going to be Jim Lindbergh from Pennywise, which is this guy. <laughs> yeah. I met you like, bro, what's up? I met you at your house accident. I was so nervous. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, this guy is just a bro. And <laughs> look, for me, I never in a million years, and I don't think people walking down the street could imagine what you do on stage and what music invokes you to be. You know, that is your, that's you, that's music. How have you kept such stoke and and been inspired to continue wanting to in your little room which you probably started as a kid still doing it now in your life yeah you know i mean i i've said before i uh i like I said grew up surfing and stuff but once i i i um both my parents worked they were both uh you know hard working they worked in the aerospace industry around here and uh, I just had the stereo. I just had my little baseball uh, AM radio stereo. And then we got an FM stereo. And I just listened to music all the time. And then I went, got my own guitar. And uh, my dad got me a, a, a microphone and a, and a PA system so I could join a band by South High School. No and, way. And, and it's just like, it's kind of been ever since then. You know, I just went from band to band. And then the Pennywise thing when I was in, I was at UCLA and, and uh, finishing up there and about to get a job in the in the uh, advertising world. And then that just happened really fast. You know, I just never expected it. I was just like, oh, I'm going to go do this thing. And, and, and like we were talking about before, the whole surfing and then this punk rock music, which a lot of it came out of our hometown of Hermosa Beach, you know, the Descendants and Black Flag and Circle Jerks. It just kind of came together perfectly. So right at that time, and then our band literally played one party, a big fight broke out. And then the next <laughs> party, there was like 200 people there. And, the, and it was on the, it was on like uh, other side of Torrance Boulevard, I think, maybe in the avenue somewhere. And we played this pool party. We got like three songs off and then the cops came and everyone went running all different directions. So they couldn't arrest anybody, you know, they're chasing everyone. And it's like, and then the next thing, you know, we were signed a record deal. It all happened within a few like months, you know, and then a little while later, I was quitting my job and going on tour. So it's kind of like, even though it's been a long trip, you know, it's like, it seemed to happen very, very fast. And then had a family a wife and kids in, in between all that. So it's been, uh, it's been uh, hard to settle down and appreciate it all. You know, it's, it's been going and going and going. I think it's great when you don't have time to look back and appreciate the fact that you still have the want to create and be better is, is what it's all about, right? Yeah. Uh, appreciation and gratitude are the most important things to keep us humble. But, you know, the creativity does lie in a little bit of the ego pushing forward of, no, like, I am still good at this. I can be better. And there's people yeah. chiming in right now saying, when's the next Pennywise album? I mean, you have everybody <laughs> still at your beck and call. What does yeah. it feel like when you start a show and the pit starts moving? I mean, the energy for you and what you guys put out, it must be so wild. Can you find that in any other aspect in life or is it only live on stage? Uh, you know what? It sounds corny, but the, uh, 
it is very similar with surfing. I mean, th there's times when you get that feeling of that your heart's like up in your chest because you're so stoked. Like if you really block into a really good wave and you're on track and you know what you're gonna do before and, and it's a really good feeling to have that. And the same thing when you're on stage, like, man, when we're firing on all cylinders, I feel like we can take on anybody, you know? Yes. And and that's that's how it has to be. And I just, something just popped into my head and I totally have to uh, call you on it. <laughs> the fucking narrating videos down. <laughs> I don't know where you were, but I popped on that thing. And that the craziest, funniest freaking thing. How come no one in the history of GoPros and surfing has never started talking to the camera during a wave? And A, how did you come up with that? And then B, I, I want you to know that now I walk around and I'm like, floater. <laughs> I'm thinking about it because just of that thing, I must have watched it 40 times. I mean. You, you've got to start your own show of that. That was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. How did that come about? Oh, it's so funny. So I, it was unintentional, number one. But to go back in the past, Corky Car Carroll did do it in a movie. Oh, he, he was did. talking in, in Hawaii, and it was classic. But, okay. um, yeah, I guess people haven't really worked on that. GoPro came out with a camera that you can speak to in the water. Okay. And... I did a trip to Alaska for them and was supposed to have a series, but that fell through, unfortunately. The way the Mexico trip came about, I get to go and chase the best waves in the world. And I, I predetermined, you know, I watched these storms. And so I went down there and I literally had three days of endless barrels and perfect waves. And on that fourth day, I was out on my little fish. Honestly, I think trying to entertain myself, like coming down, maybe it's like for you, but maybe in front of a bunch of people during a show, when I come down off of those two, three day swell events, it's gnarly. It feels like the whole world sinks into your feet. And, and I think I was just looking for some fun, light entertainment and for whatever reason, just was like, I think I'm just going to talk about my morning on this next one. <laughs> and honestly had thought nothing about it. Now it's kind of funny. People are poking at me. When's the next one? And I'm like, you guys, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, um, can't do it every wave. It, it doesn't. Not every wave is made to be able to put a camera in front of your face and have the time to do it all, but there'll be yeah. more to come for sure. It was just very funny. It's interesting being a part of the internet uh, generation and what catches people's attention. It's really funny. Like I could post a picture of the biggest wave of my life and there's people throwing shakas and like, sh you know, great stuff emojis. And it's like, cool. And then you do a video about you drinking coffee and having huevos rancheros. And they're like, that's the best thing I've ever seen. I'm like, guys, I, I almost like died on that wave. And they're like, yeah. hey, we don't care. When's the next little knee high, you know, talk on the wave yeah. video? I'm like, oh my God, life is so funny right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We know that. But it, it's awesome. It's been fun seeing your internet presence, Pennywise. You guys have shifted from making records, right? To now, there's been, and correct me if I'm wrong, not reinventing the sound but reinventing maybe the marketing and, and how it's changed. What's it like going through so many decades of, of marketing for you? Yeah, you know, I mean, that's probably the, one of the bigger knocks that we get from the critics is that, you know, we, we don't change our, our sound. Oh, it's the same old Pennywise, but 
I've always just like let that criticism go right off my back because I didn't want to hear the Ramones reggae album. I didn't want to hear, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, the Eagles try and play uh, thrash metal. You know, it's like, this is what we do. This is the type of music that we play. We like to get people pumped up and fired up to go surf big waves, to go careening down a mountain on their snowboards, to drop into a bowl on their skateboard. Um, probably the best compliments I've got over the years is, is from people like yourself saying like, uh, I talked to a pro snowboarder once, he's like, man, I can't do a contest without you guys in my headphones. Like I just, you know, and like, I'm like, wow, that is the coolest thing ever. And it's just like, you gotta push it to the limit. And it's the same thing for us is like, we kind of feel like if we're gonna do it, why, why, uh, rest on your laurels and, and try and, you know, I can, with my acoustic stuff, I can write a slow, sad song and, and, uh, and, and change it up. But, uh, you know, when it comes to Pennywise, I just told the guys the other day, I'm all, Hey man, we're sitting around, let's write some songs. Let's, let's go in the studio and record, you know? And, uh, so I'm ready to put some stuff out. Uh, we talked about it. So I think we're going to be going in the studio here in a, in a couple of weeks and, and bash something out. But don't expect yes. it to be reggae. Dude, hey, thank you guys for not changing your sound. I think everybody commenting right now is just going, yeah, thank God. You know, Pennywise, <laughs> you've kept it real the whole time. And it's so cool. You yes. know, I was listening to you today, just getting excited to do this interview. I text you. I'm like, I'm listening to you right now. Check this out. You'll love this. This was my brother's CD case. Rad. Right? Nice. And we found, I found this is, this is 1990, I don't know what, eight for me. The record says 2000, but I, I don't know. Wow. That's killer. So it's Fish, Dave Matthews, and Pennywise. <laughs> That's funny. Look at, wait a minute. I'm not going to lie. Hold on a second. For those of you out there that didn't see, we're going through my old CD collection, and I found the Pennywise page, and it's, uh, it's what my brother and I would listen to. What do you got? Yes, what do you have? I'm not going to let you look in here. Oh, come on. Open Pandora's box. Looks like I got some no effects, some uh, anti-flag, 1208, Descendants. Yes, this is oh, epic. Jack Johnson. <laughs> You're eating banana pancakes in between no effects? <laughs> yeah. Against me, Nirvana. Circle jerks. Gimme gimme. Are we of... are we getting an insight right now to the people that's that have influenced you over the years? Yeah. How old school is, are these giant look at Oh they're amazing. Instead I got of a it zip, all year. Instead of a zip drive, you carry around this brick of CDs. Here's some Nirvana, some Steel Pulse, Grateful Dead. Nice. Bad religion. Hey. Hang on a second. What do you got? You got out there? going toe-to-toe -to -toe right now we're, we're, we're having a CD off we're, who knew that we would I knew we'd go here <laughs> we have we had our moment I was wondering when we we're gonna really bro out there you go I'll make you a playlist bro yeah please do send it over the airwaves all right <laughs> uh, who's your favorite surfer you know what uh, yeah, Mark Richards I'm, I'm old I'm old school and then the wounded you, goal. 
Yeah, the wounded gall, man. I just loved his style. I mean, is there anyone that surfs like him? You know? No. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely that era when I was younger. But, and then obviously Tommy Curran came on and, and was amazing. But I, I have to give it up to uh, MR and, um, and just the twin fin. I've, I've always, I thought I did my best surfing on a twin fin and then the thruster. You know, Simon Anderson came in, and, and I just never found the groove that I found on a, a twin. And uh, I think that's why I stuck with uh, with MR, because he just had this flow, you know, and, and uh, it had such a cool style, you know. Um, I, you know, I, we're, a friend of mine was just gave me this question the other day. Uh, we were out in the water, actually the last surfers in, uh, the, the ocean at Marine Street before they closed it down. And uh, he asked me out there, what board were you riding uh, when you were 15? Nice, and, do you remember? And I think it was a Eric Kaufman EK Designs. I think before that it was a Stanton. Uh, and then right after that it was a Unity Surfboard, but I think it was a, a I think it was an Eric K Designs. Do you remember Eric K Designs? No. Oh man, that's. Is that's, he a local, an L A shaper? He was an L A shaper, uh, and uh, he moved down to uh, Mexico years ago. But um, how about you? Fifteen. What board were you riding? Fifteen. So fifteen was the big transition from Spider surfboards to Channel Islands. Okay. And I don't know if Dennis is on here or not, but thank you so much. My first uh, custom board was a Marcello Vercelli out of that little Hermosa strip there where half Jacob's shaped out yeah. of and all those guys. The and, and then there was Spider because Greg Browning came into my life and, and I got a Spider surfboard. And I'll never forget meeting Dennis. We walk in with my mom. He's like, you showed up here empty handed. And I'm like, he's like, go get me some donuts. There's some donuts across the street. Go get me some donuts. <laughs> and it was so rattled. I'll always think of Dennis Jarvis and my little pink donuts. And he's like, okay, cool. Now we can talk about what kind of board do you want? And I'm like, what? <laughs> um, and then, and then I've been with channel islands came at 15 and just my heroes, Tom Curran and Kelly Slater. And to have the opportunity to have Al Merrick shaped boards, don't tell channel islands, but I still have some of my old Al Merricks, which now are just gems to me because he's not shaping anymore. Yeah. He is, but not very much. Yeah. Um, but it's so cool. Do you remember guitars the way that you remember boards like that? Have you kept on to some? I'll tell you what. This this guitar right here, uh, my dad got me uh, for Christmas. And it didn't look like this then, though. It was just wood. But uh, he got me this guitar, and... Um, it was Brad. He, I, I, uh, I took it to my room. I was so stoked. Best dad in the world. I love you. My God, guitar. And uh, um, he's all, let me check it out. And it had a plug, a straight plug on it. And he went to, to take a strum and he just hit the jack and all the insides came ripping out. Just like broke it on the first day. No <laughs> and way. And he got so mad at himself. Yeah. He got so mad at himself, he kicked a hole in the drywall with his foot. <laughs> He's like, damn it. 
because he had had it custom made this this guitar guy owned a guitar store you know put new pickups in it and made it this it's an ibanez strat copy but this guy had custom made it for me and he just watched himself like break it the first day but i went on to write almost every song i've written for pennywise on this guitar and uh have had it ever since i was 15 years old so that was a, a great present and a great legacy that he left for me and uh you know this guitar has seen some battles seen some time you know and, and that kind of relates to another thing is that you know as i'm sure you know and when i talk to people that want to get into songwriting or or or, or be in bands and they're like well how'd you do it you know how, how'd you do it what you know they think that you're going to give them some potion like oh just introduce me to the right guy and you know get me on your label and, and you know then i'm going to be big and i'm going to do it you know all these type of things but the thing is is that i spent i put in so much time um i can show you up in my attic i have box after box after box of cassette tapes that is represents day after day monday through friday nine to five just like anyone else of me on that guitar writing song after song my friends pounding on the door going let's go surf come on i'm like nope gotta write another song you know like you have to put in the work and i know you know that better than anyone i'm sure that you probably got up surfed had breakfast paddled back out got out <laughs> just to get something to eat you know paddled good the lunch session you know what six times a day what do you think five times a day <laughs> You know, I'm sure I, that's how it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so happy you've gotten into this. And I just given the honest truth of, look, following your dream, everybody says, hey, you're so lucky. And let's agree to that and say, hey, we are totally lucky. You and me got lucky in the parent realm. The biggest um, influences in our lives are incredible humans, our mom and dad. Not everybody gets that. And yeah. the fact that your dad was supporting you with a custom guitar, I mean, that story is incredible. It's just so great to hear. Yeah. But then he hands it to you and says, here you go, son. I believe in you. Right. And it's up to you as a person now to honor them and everything that they've sacrificed to fund your life, to bring you into this world, right? Because yeah. as cool as we are as young kids, you realize, man, we're so lucky to have mom and dad there. And then how do you as a person take that and A, go, you got to sacrifice a normal life, right? What everybody else is doing, you're not doing. You said nine to five, you're locked in a room. You're locked in a room, bettering your craft, writing songs, geeking out. But yeah. why? You know, I'd love to hear why. And I would, I'm guessing it's an addiction that's fueled by passion with a dangling dream at the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, absolutely and, and, and that's the the rush that you get from writing a song that you think is good and other people are going to like and is and gets you stoked you know that's it is all about stoked that's a that's a uh, a surfer term but it, it there's there's just no better way to put it. it like what stokes you out what stokes your fire what gets you fired up what is your passion you know, and uh, and finding that somewhere. Uh, hopefully, everyone finds it somewhere. And even if it's video games or whatever it ends up being, is find something that you love and and then stick with it and go for it full on. You know, and and uh, it all sounds cliche, but 
if anyone asks how you did it, that's all I say is pick up your guitar or your surfboard or your whatever and do it all the time, you know, and uh, that's the only recipe. And then, you know, I've learned now, I wish I knew this when I was a kid, you know, it's surrounding yourself with like-minded people who uplift you, that push you in that direction that is not normal and say, hey, keep traveling that fork in the road of the path less chosen because you can be the 1%. Anybody can. And I think ultimately it's fear that brings in failure. Yet failure is a part of any career. There's no way you got to where you are right now without moments of just I blew it. We, I sucked. I'm going to give up. Right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like surfing, surfing comes in waves. I'd have to imagine in your career, there had to have been those moments. Where'd you pick yourself up? How do you pick yourself up? Again, you have a career longer than most people I know as a dream. How do you find yourself in the darkness, in the down when no one's around? Cause people are cool. When you're here, everyone's around, right? They're like, yeah, yeah you're winning. You're awesome. And then you're in the, the dumps and where'd everybody go? Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's, uh, once again, goes back to the cliche, but, uh, probably one of my favorite Pennywise songs is called every single day. And there's a line that says 24 hours in my life, you know, and, and I try to adhere to that. Like every day gives you a new opportunity. You got 24. Let's break it down to how many daylight hours or, I'm a night person, you know, I, I do some of my best writing midnight, you know, and you, you got that time to put something out there. Sure, everyone's gonna have their times where you just wanna do nothing but eat uh, Reese's Pieces and watch Netflix and Tiger King and whatnot. But, you know, but, you know, after you've had that time of, uh, of doing that, you gotta get after it, you know? And I've, I've got so many projects. I just wish there was more than 24 hours in a day because I want to write the next song. I want to write the next book. I want to do the next documentary. I want to do the next thing. I want to get a new board shape so I can be a <laughs> better surfer because I suck and, you know, and, and uh, it's just like, once you get in those ruts, the, the only thing to do is work work out, work at it, work at your craft, uh, go exercise, go uh, do something to get your, your mind and your body right, you know? And uh, everyone's had that time. I know you and I both went through injuries last year, right at the exact same time. I First, saw you in the doctor's I, office. <laughs> yes. And I left a jack-in-the-box wrapper on your windshield. But, um, like, this is definitely how you start an injury. Let's go get some Jack in the box. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's a hectic time. I mean, that was, I've never had that type of in, injury. And uh, it, uh, it's, it's definitely a trip to be sitting on that couch and having nothing to do and taking pain medication and, and dealing with that type of stuff and physical therapy and, uh, those are the times where you you got to like come back from that. I know you're just like me after a while. You're like, okay, I need to, I need to come up with something else to uh, fill these hours or else I'm going to go stir crazy. So it is having those other projects, you know, even, even if it's something like this, you know, it's really good to get people talking and especially in the condition we're at right now, get everyone telling stories and 
you know, uh, you can inspire people to, you know, write their own stories. With that being said, and people could use anything right now, Jim, can, yeah. we, can, we, can we throw a request? For what? Well, I've been digging your acoustic jams. Oh, yeah. You can we go live? Jam? Go live? Yeah, I think I can. I think I got yeah, some on here. baby. No way. Let's try it. Let's give it a shot. Let's go live. Hey, everybody, you're welcome. You guys can thank me now or later for this. Jim, I'm going to thank you now. Thank you for coming live with us. Thanks for doing this. You got it. I'm going to play us out. Play us Thanks, out. Al. Can I count All us right. down? Are you yeah. ready? I got my Three, pick. two, one. Hit it, baby. I got my way of life. And I won't back down or apologize You cannot change Cause I gotta do things my own way And I don't give a damn If you got a problem with who I am Cause I don't give a fuck You wanna change me when you're out of luck But I don't know if I I can never ever change I don't think that I Wouldn't want you anyway I don't care if I never live to see the day You can't compromise I'm doing things my way So I do believe We can see the world so clearly We don't realize We can see the world through each other's eyes We never understand I don't think that is much for helping us out during these times and being the guy the man the myth the friend that you are nice thanks alex love you dude stay strong carry on people peace